This is an ABC podcast. For National Science Week, welcome to Science Friction and to the 2022 Beaker Street Festival Great Debate. Hey, it's Natasha Mitchell coming to you from the Tasmanian Museum and Art Gallery this week in Nipaluna or Hobart on Muwinina Country. Our topic that your keep cup won't save you. Now, this is the ABC, no brand endorsement here, of course, so insert reusable coffee cup wherever you hear keep cup. The affirmative team, the cantankerous collective led by mathematician Professor Barbara Holland from the University of Tasmania will argue that you are deluding yourself if you think your individual actions can save the planet. Personal responsibility, come on, it's a con. Corporations are the big culprits. The negative team, the Beaker Street Keepers, led by comedian and writer Craig Rucastle from TV series The Chaser, The War on Waste and Fight for Planet A, will argue personal responsibility and individual action can be this galvanising force for good. From little things, big things grow. We're all in this together. So let's go. For the proposition your keep cup can't save you, Professor Barbara Holland. Good evening, class. Now, you're here today because you have, I believe, enrolled in the course Saving the Planet from Impending Doom. The assessment criteria are very simple. All you'll need to do is keep global warming below one and a half degrees, save all threatened ecosystems, and prevent any more plastic from entering the ocean. Not too hard. Um, I have some slightly difficult news. The assignment, which is worth 100% of your final mark, and will indeed determine if the planet remains habitable, will be assessed as a group project. <laughs> I know, I know. Everyone hates a group project. Why can't I save the planet individually? Well, there are two main reasons. One. You're all a little bit hopeless. I love you all, but you are. And reason number two, this just isn't an assignment that any one of you have the skills or power to solve on your own. Okay, so we'll start with a little exercise. Hands up if you avoid buying coffee in disposable cups. And keep your hand up if you sort your recycling. That's fantastic. Now leave your hand up if you don't own a second car, otherwise put it down. Leave your hand up if you don't own a second child, otherwise put it down. And leave your hand up if you haven't travelled anywhere by air. Oops! See what I mean? A little bit hopeless. Now, I'm not trying to argue that we aren't all basically well-intentioned individuals, but the fact is, if things get inconvenient, then we have a tendency to die in the arse. Now, great case in point, masks. We all know that they work, we all know they're fantastic, they save lives, we all love our grandmas. How many people are wearing a mask? Some, but by no means anyone. No, even, I mean, no, no means everyone. There are some people who are here with masks. So, in keeping with UTAS's latest pedagogical advances, this course will be delivered in two three-minute lectures. <laughs> Leanne. Leanne Mitchell and Matt Dell will draw on their wide experience to explain to you how we should instead harvest the benefits of collectivism over individualism in order to excel at our group assignment and indeed save the planet from impending doom. 
Now, I can see there's a few emails coming in already. Some of you are asking for an extension. <laughs> oh, look, I'm sorry, we've been giving an extension on this assignment for the last 20 years, so just please don't even go there. Ah, next up for the negative team, arguing against the proposition your keep cup can't save you, Craig Rucastle from The Keepers. I was kind of liking the fact that we've had a change in the national discussion, we've had a change in government that means we no longer have that predominant argument which is we're only 1.3% of the world's emissions so we don't have to do anything. But that's essentially the argument that's been put by the affirmative here. But let's, I mean, it is true though. Let's look at Professor Barbara's argument here. It was a great argument. She's right. There aren't an enormous amount of masks in this room. but. What Professor Barbara and her team are asserting is that those that are wearing the masks and are wearing it now have no impact. Yet in actual fact, every single person in this room that is wearing a mask is reducing the chance of the pandemic severity. Now, we're not saying that one mask will solve a pandemic, but we are saying that many masks can add up and actually have a big impact. And that's what we're really talking about today. The whole debate about your keep cup can't save you is not saying that one single person using a keep cup will save the world unless they're in a Marvel movie. It won't happen that way. <laughs> Captain Keep Cup will not save us. <laughs> but it's about does personal action matter? Does it have an influence? And we think it definitely does. We're going to show this in many ways. Firstly, that individual action does really add up. I mean, when people started using, and I didn't know this, but UTS did a study of people shifting to reusable keep cups after the war on waste and showed that 61.8 million coffee cups were diverted from landfill by those people's actions. Small things add up in Australia. The second biggest coal-fired power station in Australia pumps out about 12 million tonnes of CO2 a year. Every single just small business and household that has put solar on their roofs currently pumps out more energy than that power station through their individual Small things add up, ladies and gentlemen, because the thing about people that undertake these small actions is very soon in your journey, you'll hit a wall and you'll get the shits. And you'll realise, I'm doing this and I'm doing this, but this isn't making enough difference, and how come I can't do this next step? Oh, it's because of the politicians and the businesses that aren't making any change. And that's when you'll take the next step, which is towards political action and community action. You'll push for change. And so that's why you keep coming. Think of it as it's kind of like an entry drug. It gets you in there. <laughs> anyway, this will be expanded upon by my great speakers. the poster boy for the Keep Cup. Well, on the affirmative team, next up, arguing for the proposition that your Keep Cup can't save you, Matthew Dell. Welcome. Matthew Dell is a cartographer, geoscientist and environmental scientist. I see the Keep Cup as a symbol of our society in general and what's wrong with it. Spending the earth on an overpriced, slave labour derived commodity totally unnecessary and over-engineered piece of future recyclable landfill. What's wrong with the ceramic cup anyway? They've been around for thousands of years and they're going to be around for thousands more. 
I'm pretty sure there are massive parts of the world population that don't even know what a keep cup is, can't afford one, and so if we're looking as that, to that as a way to save the planet, we're in a lot of trouble. The amount of people who drink coffee from keep cups is 5% of the total sales in uh, local cafes. So if we're looking as this as a way to save the earth, we're drinking from the wrong vessel. Shouldn't the onus be on uh, governments and multinationals to save the planet instead of exploit it? After all, if we all die, they're going to stop getting rich. Instead, they're trying to guilt the general population to try and spend their way out of the problem while the rich and famous destroy the planet and try to leave it in the rockets that they've built. As many of my friends and colleagues know, I have a few issues. Uh, <laughs> with plastic. I've picked up plastic on the southwest coast of Tasmania for over 20 years uh, with a group of like-minded, obsessive-compulsive individuals. Um, That's brilliant individual action. Well done. We are a, co we're a collective. Uh, so the idea that a mostly plastic-made product is going to save the planet gets me a little bit twitchy. Part of the work, I know, when I got there, was overwhelming. I got dropped on a beach uh, in the middle of nowhere with a mate, and we had to clean the beach, two and a half k's, end to end. It was totally overwhelming. We didn't do it very efficiently. Um, we hadn't really been that prepared for the task. 15 seconds, oh. Three, two, one. <laughs> do your own bit, but we need to do it as a team. Well, next, on the negative team, the keepers, arguing against the proposition your keep cup can't save you, Dr Beth Fulton, Senior Principal Research Scientist with CSIRO, Oceans and Atmosphere. So our esteemed opposition would like us to all go home, have a big cry and just give up. I don't know of a single footy team in Australia that wouldn't make headline news and get sacked for having that kind of opinion. And it kind of misses the point of how inventive a country we are. We looked at a chocolate biscuit and said straw, even before we realised straws were a problem. <laughs> so that, does it surprise us that in a country that has this almost unbelievable adoration of coffee, that a set of people in Melbourne looked at a coffee cup and went, we can solve climate change. So it's been 10 years now and they've saved more coffee cups than there are people on the planet. And there's been scientific studies that have tracked people that have used to keep cup instead. And the collective action argument that our opposition is making is exactly the point. Because human brains are actually really simple and this is a symbol that keeps us honest. And then it becomes a part of who we are. So people who use keep cups eat less meat, they use less car energy, they fly less, and then they build solar panels on their house. The other great thing about human brains is that if everyone else is doing it, we think we should do it too, regardless of whether we actually believe it or not. So if you guys are a bunch of houses, and this lady over here put solar panels on a house, within three months one of her neighbours will have done it too. So the guy over there in yellow will have solar panels on his house within two years. He doesn't even know the lady over there. So it's that flow on, it is actually collective action that's going to win this for us. And it's, this is our link to the future, it's our reminder. So we have First Nations people in this country that already think a thousand generations into the future. So this is our connection to the future. 
So I've made a commitment on the back of this debate that instead of getting monumentally furious with my husband every morning for, why the heck do you have to drink that rubbish? I'm already late. It's going to be, when he looks at it with adoration, I will actually see the fact that he loves me and our children and our grandchildren and all of you. <laughs> On Science Friction, Natasha Mitchell with the Beaker Street Festival's annual debate for National Science Week in Hobart. The topic, your keep cup won't save you. So we're pitting individual action against big corporate power when it comes to saving the planet. Next up on the affirmative team, publican Leanne Minchell was a former policy advisor and 2022 Senate candidate. Republican, failed politician and emerging comedian, Leanne Minchell. Hello. Uh, I'm sorry, but individual collectivism, what the hell is that? That is a completely made-up term from our opposing team. It's a complete oxymoron. What are we going to be next? Alone together, growing smaller. I'll tell you who's not growing smaller. It's the people who are responsible for most of the emissions that have been put in the air. Most of the emissions, in fact 63% of all emissions that were pumped up into the air between the start of the Industrial Revolution and 2010, comes down to 63 companies. Not you and I, my friends, it's 63 companies who did that and shoved all of the money into their pockets. And if we were going to have individual action, I'd just like to push back on the scientific veracity of that claim made by the opposition that people who have keep cups fly less, eat less meat. Where the hell did you get that one from? Because quite frankly, my friends... Uh, well... Don't you love that? I love the expert. I've got five letters, so it must be true. Well, I can tell you that as a publican... <laughs> Most of the people who I see who come into the pub with the keep cups is that trendy. They keep talking about their latest overseas travel. And if you have been overseas, what about kids? So if you have a child in Australia, that child is going to leave about a 58.6 metric tonne of carbon footprint per year. And yet, there's people who come into the pub with their four kids and say, I'm a vegan. Could I have a soy cappuccino in my keep cup, please? I love that skirt. I got it in Paris. <laughs> Flying from Perth to London will cost you around about 3.153 kilos of CO2. Now, to put this into some context, all of the people with their trendy keep cups, their five kids, who it's okay because they're going to be environmentalists, are pumping out all of the emission. The Bogan, who owns a V8 that does blockies in Launceston, that we all go, isn't he terrible? He doesn't care about emissions at all. Well, he's doing about 4.6 metric tonnes per year. He could drive for the rest of his life, 24 hours a day, and the individual with the bloody keep cup, the six kids, the Paris fashion, is going to be beating him in the footprint stakes by quite some length, my friends. So, no, I don't want you all to go home and be miserable. I'm a publican. I want people to go out, I want them to have a good time, and I want them to stick a rocket up the arse of the fossil fuel companies who are the real purpose of this problem. 
Right, rounding off the negative team, arguing against the proposition that your Keep Cup can't save you, we have the CEO, no less, of the Tasmanian Land Conservancy, James Hattam. <laughs> Psychology tells us that every day, whether you realise it or not, you're making decisions on how to spend your time, what to pay attention to and where to direct your energy. Right now, you've all chosen to be here. There are countless other things you could be doing. Maybe in a minute you decide you need another drink or someone sends you a text message and you reach for your phone. When those things happen, you're making a simple values-based decision. Your phone or that beer is much more important than listening to me. Our values inform our behaviours, driving our actions and shaping our social norms. I can tell people that I care about climate change, but if I spend my days driving around in fuel-guzzling four-wheel drives, my actions don't really match up. Actions don't lie. But do these even matter? Some argue that they are simply a fashionable crusade without genuine commitment. I'm going to share two examples why that is false. Tasmanians love a bumper sticker. Born out of the No Dam sticker in the Franklin campaign, the act of putting a sticker on your car is a call to arms, of solidarity to a cause and a clear example of collective-driven individual action. When I was back in high school in Victoria in the early 2000s, I remember noticing a sticker saying, Save Research Bay, on my outdoor ed teacher's banged-up Subaru. I had no idea where Research Bay was. That sticker started a conversation, I followed the campaign as I went off to university, and I was introduced to the organisation which I'm lucky enough to lead. Did John's sticker save Research Bay? Of course not. But did it contribute to a collective community-led action which protected it? 100% it did. My second, example, my second example is a simple triangular green sign that are pinned on gates all over Australia. These Land for Wildlife signs are symbols of a landholder's commitment to conservation on their property. It starts a conversation with neighbours and quickly the entire neighbourhood is scattered with green signs. Last week, I visited a two-hectare property of a delightful couple, James and Colin. The property next door had been clear-felled. They felt horrified. Until that sign went up, they felt at a loss. Will that two hectares protect every threatened species from extinction? No, it won't. But when you add James and Colin to the 25,000 other Land for Wildlife landholders across Australia, conserving over 2.4 million hectares of land, I reckon they're making a pretty good contributions. We are more than human beings being told what to do and what to think. People like James and Colin are human doing. Through each actions that we drive collective contributions and behavioural change, we motivate active participation in civil society where individuals take responsibility for societal challenges. An individual's actions are an expression of self, a pillar of purpose, creators of community and drivers for change. So go on, grab your keep cup, jump in your bumper sticker laden EV, drive out the front gate, past your land for wildlife sign and head to the local reserve to pull a weed, plant a tree and have a cuppa with a friend. James Hattam there, CEO of the Tasmanian Land Conservancy. Okie doke, it's rebuttal time. Who has you convinced? individual action for the common good or reusable cups and recycling what a furphy saving the environment will only happen if governments and corporate polluters change their tune first to the leader of the affirmative team arguing for the proposition that your keep cup won't save you mathematician barbara holland 
I'd like to begin by thanking the opposing team for basically advancing our argument for us uh, that, you know, keep cups might be a little bit useful if they are a gateway drug to collective action, which is what we really need. However, we do worry a bit that they might just be an opiate for the masses, hollow virtue signalling that won't really get us that far. But any, anyway... I used to teach a different course before I started teaching Saving the Planet from Impending Doom. I used to teach Saving Gotham City from Crime. Now, we had a really promising student the year I taught it. You might have heard of him. His name was Batman. He, he was super enthusiastic. He put everything into it. He stayed up really late fighting crime every night, killing baddies, pow, boom. Uh, but strangely, crime in Gotham City never improved. So we staged a mid-semester intervention. I asked, have you considered asking Bruce Wayne to donate, you know, to charities for community programs supporting disadvantaged youth? He's like, nah, I'm gonna buy a bigger Batmobile and kill a supervillain. <laughs> in the end, in the end, we had to fail him. Like, if, let's think about ways, you know, that we try and solve big societal problems. War on drugs. It would be great if we just, you know, imprison individual drug takers or drug sellers. That will work really well. Another example, the gender pay gap. Cheryl Sandberg said, hey ladies, let's all just lean in. Let's individually just lean in. That'll be fine. Uh, but it actually turns out that collective solutions like paid paternity leave are quite helpful too. Now, the war on trash, as Matt has so eloquently explained, is an uphill battle of left to individuals. But what if everywhere took the same approach Germany has taken and charged corporations for the cost of dealing with their products packaging? Wouldn't that be great? It seems to us on the Keep Cup Can't Save Your Team, the cantankerous collective, that most of the world's wicked problems require collaborative, collective solutions we call for many different areas of expertise, uh, scientists, sociologists, local government, urban planners, even federal government and strange people like economists. They're probably all going to be needed to work together collectively, sipping out of their keep cups if they really have to, but really, why not just have a mug? <laughs> now, we're not arguing that you shouldn't take individual actions. Of course you should. We're just saying don't fool yourself into thinking that these individual actums will be sufficient to avert impending doom. No amount of recycling will compensate for having a government that enjoys cuddles with coal. So remember that. Barbara Holland. Okay. From the Beaker Street Keepers, the negative team leader, Craig Rucastle, arguing that your keep cup will save you. So ladies and gentlemen, I think the thing is that we should never decide debates based on the hypocrisy of those that argue a position. So the fact that Matt, for instance, argues against individual action and says it's no, there's no point doing it, yet every year he goes to the west of Tasmania and picks up 10,000 pieces of plastic off a beach himself. I mean, you, with 35 of your closest friends, exactly. <laughs> you are one of, the, I wish you were on our side, you're one of the great examples of what we're talking about here. <laughs> the fact that Leanne says, oh, I hate all these wankers that turn up with their keep cups when they've come to my pub and they've got a Tesla and all that kind of stuff, and yet she still gives them all a discount, don't you, Leanne? <laughs> no. And by the way, 
How do you think the Launceston Lappies are going to get more carbon efficient? If it's not for the wankers visiting your pubs, buying Teslas and then a vendor, it gets on the second-hand market and suddenly the Lappies around Launceston are not only carbon neutral but a lot quieter as well. That's what happens. And Professor Barbara, I mean the greatest hypocrisy of you all, she's a mathematician. She knows that small things add up. we suggested is that individual actions, whilst on their own, not necessarily huge things, add up and lead to collective action. Leanne said there are 63 companies in the world that have created most of the carbon pollution, right? And Matt said it's up to the, the coal companies and the governments to solve this. So their model was the coal companies and the government with no pressure from outside will just sort it out themselves. There is no goddamn way that the coal companies, gas companies, polluters in our world are going to change their behaviour in any way unless they know for sure that we care about it. And yes, we show we care about it through our votes, but we also show it through we care about it by using our keep cups, by changing our shares in our companies, by getting out of fossil fuel companies, by changing our banks, by doing all this kind of stuff. Look. We need to take our individual actions, take our community actions together, lead to community actions and solve these problems. And look. And it's over to the Hobart crowd to decide the winner. Yeah, a totally scientifically rigorous vote by applause. The 2022 Beaker Street debate Angel of Science goes to the negative team. Craig Rucastle, Beth Fulton and James Hattam. And I reckon the positive team made a damn strong case too. Barbara Holland, Matt Dell and Leanne Minchell. Details on the Science Friction website. Big thanks to Margot Adler and the Beaker Street Festival team and to sound engineer Oren Jurassi. Next week on Science Friction, if trees could talk, what would they tell us? I met some incredible trees in Tassie and I've been talking to scientists all over the world doing phenomenal stuff too. Be sure to vote for the nation's favourite tree. It's on right now at abc.net.au slash trees. You can find me on Twitter at Natasha Mitchell. Bye. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.